Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Are you a writer wanting to go deeper in your writing and get to the heart of your story? Join Christie Award-winning author Jamie Jo Wright at MadLitMentoring.com, where she will take you on an intimate, fun, and exploration of going deeper, the layers of your story, the four corners of foundation, and more. Find out how to be mentored by Jamie Jo Wright at MadLitMentoring.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mad Lit Musings with Jamie Jill Wright. And today I have an author I'm really excited to talk to because we've talked before, but we've not talked about her book. So I'm excited to talk to her and welcome to the show, Sarah Brunsvold. Did I pronounce that right? You did. You did perfect. Thank you so much for having me today. It's great to have you here. So first of all, the title of your book is makes me a little envious because it's perhaps the coolest title I've read in a long time. And of course I would be fascinated by it, but it's the extraordinary deaths of Mrs. Kip. And I'm going to read the tagline that's on the cover too. It says all the wild ways to die could never compare to how she really lived. So tell us about this captivating title and what it has between the pages. Excellent. So, uh, so let me tell you a little bit about the story first, okay. and then I'll explain that interesting plural form of deaths. <laughs> um, so the the story uh, centers on an unexpected friendship that forms between an elderly hospice patient named mm-hmm. Clara Kip and the young cub reporter named Aidan Kelly, who is sent to interview her. And Aiden is is hankering for that big break, the feature article. And so this is very much a throwaway assignment to her. And to make matters worse, Mrs. Kip is a bit on the ornery side, (laughs) uh, very vivacious and spunky despite um, nearing the end of life. And she would rather be eating chocolate chip cookies and going for walks outside than answering any sort of interview questions. Um, And so, Obviously, this aggravates Aiden at first, but the longer she's around Mrs. Kip, the more she realizes that the story that Mrs. Kip has to share is going to change the trajectory of her life in more ways than one. Mm. Um, So this is very much an intergenerational story. Um, One of the overarching themes of this is loving others sacrificially. Mm. And um, in a key line of the book, uh, Mrs. Kip tells Aiden that authentic love in its truest form requires a thousand tiny deaths to self. And so that's where that deaths, plural, comes from. It is referring to a uh, over time, over life, um, through hard lessons and tragic losses, it is laying down self. Um, so that others can be elevated. And 
Mrs. Kipp also is a very strong woman of faith. And so for her, it's also um, a prioritizing the will of God in her yeah. life. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That sounds like quite the story. And this is classified as contemporary, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. Contemporary women's. Contemporary women's fiction. Awesome. And I love the fact, first of all, that Clara is like you said, spunky and vivacious. And I love that she wants to eat chocolate chip cookies because you just made me really hungry when you mentioned that. Yes. <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. Um, I love the concept. So, you know, right away, I'm captivated by the thought when you mentioned um, more than one way to die and dying to self. So I know we want to talk a lot about um, God's will in our life because it's really a central theme for the story. But first of all, can you define what that means to individuals who may not understand kind of the Christianese behind the term dying to self. What does that mean? Yeah. So um, the way that I see it is, um, and, and this is, I can use an example from my own life. So as I was writing this book, um, you know, I had a, a lifelong dream to be a, a novelist, to be an author. And uh, from middle school, I, I've had this dream. And, um, and it's not that, that um, Christians don't want to pursue their dreams, but it, it comes down to how are we prioritizing our lives? Mm -hmm. So um, Jesus said that if anybody wants to follow him, they have to pick up their cross. They have to lay down their life and follow mm -hmm. him. And so what that looks like is, um, it's not necessarily a surrendering of your dream, but it is saying, Lord, this is my dream. If it is your will, I would love to, to see that happen. But if you have something better for me, mm. I want that more. Mm -hmm. And um, and a lot of times I've seen this play out in my own life and, and Mrs. Kip, you know, sees it play out in her life that she does have a dream that she treasures in her heart, but she has to grow in her faith to the point that she believes that God's what God has in mind for her life, the purpose for her life, the direction for her life is going to be infinitely better than anything that she could dream up. Mm -hmm. So it, it is a matter of faith. It's a matter of trust. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's um, a, um, putting down your own desires so that um, Jesus's love and compassion for others will flow through you more readily. So. Right. That's, that's kind of what it means uh, from my perspective of when Christians say dying to self or laying down yourself. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would use that phrase very often and she would be like, Jamie, now is a good time to die to self. And then as I got older and it drove me nuts too, because I'm like, no kid wants to be told to not be selfish. Right. And then as I got older, my mom and I started almost turning it into a joke. Like we were serious, but at the same time, we tried to make it into something that you wanted to do by turning it into something um, enjoyable, I guess, or a little bit humorous. And so she'd look at me at, we'd be, we'd be out somewhere and I'd be getting spunky or selfish or something. She'd look at me, she'd go, die, Jamie die and everyone around us would be like what on earth is this mother telling her child and i'm like die to self die to self mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know of course you know i my mom and i were both a little morbid in heart so 
that helps. Yeah. It helps. But I love, I love that you bring that into the story though, because it's not a popular concept anymore. No, it, it definitely is not. And, um, and just, you know, in my own, um, faith journey, I, I have seen myself grow in, in this arena as well. And I think the older that I get and the more life I have experienced and the more, um, hardship that, that you experience throughout life, the more you realize that th there really is a value in, um, in trusting and, and having that faith and, um, valuing others above yourself. Like there, there is a joy in that, yeah. that, um, I think is underrated. Um, when, cause there, there are times where, where I have chosen to put myself first and it almost invariably does not go very well, <laughs> or at least not for very long. And, um, I always kind of come away with that with a little, uh, prick in my heart about, mm -hmm. You know, I, I could have loved someone better. Um, you know, we, we are in each other's lives for only such a limited time. And I think you and I both appreciate that having lost uh, parents. We're only in each other's lives for so long. Right. And that's the only opportunity that we have to to love them and, and to show them um, the love that Christ first showed us. Mm -hmm. So, um, in order to do that, well, you, you kind of do have to put others first. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit more about how that then equates to, and holds hands with the concept of the Lord's will in our life, but let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we can talk some more about that. Sounds good. Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. Welcome back, everybody. We have Sarah Brunsbold with us today, and we are talking about the extraordinary deaths of Mrs. Kipp, and we have been exploring the concept of dying to self. And so something that you mentioned as we just keep going, because I don't know, this conversation is really interesting to me, but um, you were talking about dying to self and then finding submission to the Lord's will. So take us even deeper now that we are well underwater with this conversation and talk to us about, you know, even has how it relates to Mrs. Kip in your story and finding God's will for your life. And how does that hold hands with the concepts that we've been talking about? Yeah. So are you saying in, in Mrs. Kip's life specifically, what does that look like? Sure. Let's talk a little bit about the book too, but then also our lives, you know, like how can, okay. you know, I always like the concept of fiction being applicable to real life as well, even though it's fiction. And so I know that it was something that you wove through your story with Mrs. Kip, um, yes. but have also applied it personally. So I guess I'm just kind of like, let's talk about that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, 
So I think um, if I could go back to uh, um, what I mentioned earlier, you know, this dream of, of writing, I think that's yeah. something you and I can both uh, probably um, have a heart for, or have personal experience in. So one of the ways that I experienced this, even as I was writing the book, um, if I can tell that story. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, so I believe that stories minister to the author first mm -hmm. and foremost. And a lot of times I feel like I, with this story in particular, I felt like I was given the story in a specific time in my life for, for a purpose because, because God was trying to grow me in that particular area, this idea of surrender and um, which comes along with so much trust and faith. And, um, and I think it was specific to the writing dream. So the concept for this book just kind of sort of came out of the blue. Um, the title actually came to me first and then it, it just kind of some pieces were, were woven together after that. And um, even in the, the writing process uh, behind the scenes, I did not have an agent at the time. I, I was seeking an agent, and um, it's been a very roller coaster journey in, in finding an agent. And um, I do share more about that on on my website. There's there's a video uh, where I go into more detail about that journey. But um, at, so I had written this book with a connection with this one literary agent who was so excited for it. And I was just ready um, to make that connection, to sign that contract with her. And I tell you, Jamie, when, when it came time for me to present the story to her, she said no. Mm. And it was such a devastating moment for me. And um, I thought for sure that this was the open door that, mm. that I had been waiting for. And it just felt like it slammed in my face. And I was, uh, I gave myself a little pity party. Um, <laughs> it was, it was so, so hard. But even in the midst of those tears, um, having written this character who had gone through the loss of dreams, the loss of a spouse, the loss of, um, a, of a lot, um, and yet came out stronger because of it. it came out with a stronger more refined faith because of it those lessons had had woven deeply into my heart so i couldn't ignore them you know right. as i was suffering through this this moment of of devastation mm -hmm. and so it came everything kind of came to a head in that uh during that pity party of you know, I, I went from crying, God, I don't understand, like, why is this door shutting to God, I don't understand, but I trust you. Mm -hmm. So whatever the next step is, please show me what it is. Mm -hmm. And to be very honest, in that moment, I had finally reached the point where I said, even if it means that I laid down the dream of writing completely, this dream that I've had since I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. If it means you are asking me to lay that down and embrace whatever it is that you have for me instead, I am willing to do that. And until that moment, I, I hadn't grown to that point. But I firmly believe that writing this book and exploring what it means to live a life of surrender um, and a life of, of faith and trust 
by watching it play out in Mrs. Kipp's life. Mm -hmm. um, because I did that, I was able, I think, to reach that point where I said, God, your will matters more to me than, than my dream. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. And that's a hard place to get to. It is. It's, <laughs> it is a very difficult place to get to. I mean, it definitely, and I'm still at that place where, you know, if he made it clear that writing was no longer the path he wanted me on, I would be willing to veer to a different one. Sure. But, um, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't grieve. It, do, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't be sad or, or miss it, but it would mean that I would trust that he has something better. I think that's the part that so often we miss when we do talk about the concept of dying to self or even seeking his will over ours. It's that we'll focus on the concept of what we're losing instead of what we're potentially gaining. And his promises have made very clear that we will always gain by following. And so it's not like a 50-50 shot that it's going to be worse or better. It's just always going to be better. Um, but you and I were talking a little bit about that before we even started recording the podcast with the concept of dealing with grief, even with a parent and the choice between focusing on what we don't have anymore or focusing on the hope of what is to come and what God has promised with eternity. And I think- yeah finding God's will in things is also finding that perspective of hope, um, which in the end makes it easier to die to self, but it's Absolutely. that process. <laughs> yes. That very, very difficult process. Yes. Yes. So in your book with Mrs. Kip, does she tell those types of stories then about her life, like where she's struggled and how God's will has played out in her life? Is that kind of the, the gist of the story? of her absolutely yeah so uh there's there's a lot um to it so she is a widow a, okay. a childless widow mm -hmm. um so there's an angle there and has um lost some good friends along the way and and again i i think i mentioned that she also has a certain dream that she has been harboring and you're actually introduced to it in the very first line of the book um, she has had this a, a dream of going to Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, for many, many years and serving the Lord there. Mm -hmm. And um, you just the doors never opened. And sure. um, and so the book kind of explores like what does um, how does she uh, process through that? Yeah. You know, how does she uh, find contentment? even though she's getting the nose. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that is in the story as well. Well, she sounds like a very fun person to get to know, which is always neat because when you find imaginary characters in a fiction novel, that's fun to get to know. It usually means so is the author. So if our readers Hopefully. are wanting... <laughs> Well, so far you're fun to get to know. So oh, excellent. <laughs> if our readers want to find out more about you and I've been kind of browsing your website while we've been talking and yeah, you've got some videos on there, which look like they'll be fun to watch, to get to know you and your writing journey a little bit more. Um, tell us how readers can follow you and find you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love connecting with readers and, and fellow authors too. Um, so sarahbrunsvold.com. That's my uh, that's my website, and there's links there. I, I love to hang out on on Facebook and Instagram, um, and I do have a monthly newsletter 
that, that I send out. And here shortly, I'm actually going to be um, uploading, a, doing a giveaway for new newsletter subscribers. Um, it's a little printable called Mrs. Kipp's Eight Rules to Live By. Oh, and I love it. <laughs> it's, it's quotes from uh, from one of our, our new favorite fictional characters. Um, so it's quotes from her, but also it's paired with the scripture verse that inspired it. And love it's that. beautifully designed and it's definitely frameable if, if you're into that sort of thing. So that's there. And then yeah love to love to connect love getting emails from from people which i i think you would agree jamie that's um it's such a bright spot when when you get um get a new message in your inbox from a reader it is it is it's it's always a bright spot and it makes you it gives you a little bit of extra fuel to keep going absolutely Definitely yes does. Well, sarah thank you so so much for being on the podcast today and your book releases in july correct yes july 5th july 5th so what a way to bring in the birthday of the nation with a new novel to read on the fourth of july weekend so <laughs> that's great so thanks so much for being with us today and we will look forward to this release and chatting with you more in the future oh thank you so much jamie it was it was so much fun being here Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.